When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World podcast. We are discussing season one, episode 20, The Plays the Thing from April 29th, 1994, which is the day that this is coming out, April 29th. Oh, nice. Uh, so... I'm joined by my good friend Juan. Uh, not only is he a coworker of mine, and we're recording this at work, but <laughs> off the hours, uh, off the clock. Um, we also, I've known you for it's got to be at least six years now. It's coming up on that, yeah. Because um, actually, after- no, it might be longer. Because uh, you booked uh, the one Super Friends show in like 2010 or 11. Maybe. I always forget. It depends on whenever I came back from California. It was or, or when Facebook ab- says we're from yeah, friends. It was shortly <laughs> after I came back from California. But yeah, we, I basically, I didn't book that show. I think Charlie booked that show. I mm-hmm. met you at the show, and then we all went to Tom Jones, and I was like, this guy's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you get cheap eggs in me. I'm good. I'm and then, but then I think our friendship actually really, like, grew uh, when I did, when Shrop and I moved in together in a house and we had a big housewarming party and I, invi- I invited you mm-hmm. uh, as I invited a lot of people to things and uh, we, we talked wrestling for like four hours and I was like, this guy is all right. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> um, so you have not, so, so you're going to fall into, there's two categories. There's people that have been on the show that are hardcore Boy Meets World mm-hmm. fans, watch it just in a constant loop day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who have not watched this show since they were a child. And yeah. I think you fall firmly into the I other. I fall solid. <laughs> well, I apologize because season one is not a season that will convince you that the show is worth multiple rewatches. Well, the show is great. I love the show. Um, the Vader episode is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but, I'm excited about who I, I... So the Vader episodes are coming up soon, and I, I might have someone pretty cool lined up to be the guest on those, so I'm very excited. It's not Vader. But, <laughs> I'm about to say... <laughs> I should probably get that out the way. It ain't Vader. Um, it's Will Ospreay. <laughs> uh, so, so this episode is not... like. It sucks. This season, <laughs> like I don't this like season, it at all. There was a part in the middle of the season where I was like, "Man, season one's not so bad." And then, like the last like handful of episodes, I've been like, "Oh, this is why I don't like season one." Like it's yeah. just, it's not that it's. I mean, it's bad, but it's like, it's bad in that like completely harmless, uninteresting, like cliche kids. I guess I should go back, yeah. backpedal a bit. It doesn't suck. It's not like the worst thing in the world to watch, yeah. but. I have tried to watch this episode three times and fell asleep. Yeah, it's Literally. just, it's not, it's not a very thrilling episode. I've got so few notes. 
Um, so I the have episode, known it, so you're good. Yeah, so the episode <laughs> starts off, they're in the classroom, and, and they're getting assigned roles. Get, get all your size out now, Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they're assigning them role, uh, different roles, and there's the one line from Topanga, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is a sign of the later seasons versions of Topanga, which is like a little bit more like snippy, mm-hmm. uh, where she says, if I was a less evolved person, I'd say, oh, yeah. cram it, Brillo pad. <laughs> <laughs> um, because this is like Corey's hair at its most insane curliness. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty big. It's pretty uh, Jewish. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's up there. There is. I think you and I talked about the one scene that we lo- that we both kind of enjoyed in this opening, where um, Feeney's trying to decide who to cast as Hamlet, and he's like, oh, yeah. "I need <laughs> someone who just gets under everybody's skin." Like he's yeah. going on this long speech, and Corey's just like staring out his hands, like not paying attention. I sort of pictured myself as the melancholy Dane. For those of you unfamiliar with the reference, Mr. Minkus means the lead role, Prince Hamlet. Now, this is a tricky part to cast because Hamlet gets on a lot of people's nerves. He makes one stupid mistake after another, and for five acts, he never shuts up. What, do I have a booger? No, my favorite part about this is like, yeah, you know, Hamlet talked so much, and he was annoying, and no one liked him. And then the whole class looks at Corey along with Feeney at the same time, like, much like yourself, Corey. Like, <laughs> like it's a complete call. Like, no one likes you. You're, you're annoying. <laughs> like, this is perfect. The perfect role. Not the fact that this is some elevated, like, Shakespearean, like, literature. How old are these kids, by the way? Uh, they're supposed to be, I want to say this is, like, sixth grade. They, for one, some of the jokes are kids that, in, the, in this episode, are jokes that kids would never pull out of their butt. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what was the one, uh, I mean, we're probably skipping ahead in the episode, but he's like, oh, what about a uh, Steven Seagal soliloquy? I'm like, no kid would say soliloquy. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless, I, I don't know, maybe they're gifted or accelerated no, in this way. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, so, from that, we jump into the second storyline. This is a weird episode because there's a, an A plot and a B plot, but they kind of both center around the same character, which is Corey. Like, usually, like, the B plot falls on someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably the, the only part that made me genuinely laugh, which is that Corey is practicing for goofy golf. Um, and he's got his little sister Morgan being the windmill so he can practice. <laughs> and it's just her sitting on the side of the house, kicking her feet and arms all crazy. <laughs> and she's going, I don't like being a windmill. <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty funny. Uh, but he's trying to master Goofy Golf. Which I don't know why they keep calling it goofy golf because it's clearly just mini golf. Like it's. I mean, I like it because the alliteration. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a slut for alliteration. <laughs> also, how how clean is this podcast? You can be? say whatever you want. All right, cool. Uh, uh, I just so, need to make sure. So they so they do the um they 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 want to beat Eric uh, Corey and his dad always play against Eric and his mom in goofy golf, and Corey's trying to train in the backyard. And then Eric is like, uh, I forget what Eric wants. Oh, Eric needs some money, and he mm-hmm. says that if Corey gets him the money, he'll throw the game. Um, and I thought that this would be a way bigger plot point, but it is not. No. <laughs> like, it, it never it, it comes up again. so flat. Because yeah. it's like, well, oh, I guess we're skipping a little bit. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, since everyone got the 5%, you know, uh, deduction from their pay, we can't go. The thing is, like, where do they live? That's the only thing I'm In trying Philadelphia. to In Philadelphia. 
So how hard five percent of your income means you can't go to Jersey? <laughs> that's where this goofy golf thing is. Which the only goofy golf I know of in Jersey is in the Sea Isle. If they're in Philly, that's not that far of a trip. No, they should be able to afford this. They have a huge. If that's five percent, like oh, we can't go to our, the trip we've been going on for years. How the hell do you have a house? How do you have any other stuff you have? Yeah, they have. We, like, that's they, been brought up a few times on this show. Their house. They are clearly the suburbs of Philadelphia. That ain't no house you're finding in Philly. No, they are. <laughs> they are shut um, There's so I wrote down uh, like a this is like a Cliff Notes version of the joke. So I don't remember the exact setup, but um, I think I think it's Corey that says. Oh, the Francis Bacon theory, to which Sean says, <laughs> yes. I'm partial to the Jimmy Dean sausage there, there are some good, one, uh, good punchlines in this episode. Uh, um, but the only other part that I really enjoy that I have written down here is, uh, you know, Corey, Corey decides that he's bigger than the play, and he, he becomes a bit of a prima donna, and he gets let go. Mm-hmm. But Feeney just recasts everything, and that leads to Sean getting to play a character that gets to die. And he does his, like, over-the-top death seed where he is slamming himself against these lockers. So, funny thing to note. Yeah. I, I was glad you brought this up. I thought there was something with the second locker he hits. I'm like, that, that looks really bad. Like, just, like, terrible. Yeah. Like, the, whatever foam or whatever the hell they use. So, I looked up an IMDb. Thank you, IMDb, by the way, for putting yeah. these notes and reassuring that I am correct. That that was a completely botched, and that, that that whole like display or whatever, yeah. Like he went way too hard into it, and it showed. Like you can see in the bottom, it comes completely off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I literally replayed that and laughed so many times. Like this is not even the best part of this episode. <laughs> I didn't even mean this to be in here. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of this whole morality tale for Corey, where you know he has to learn that sometimes things. Don't go the way I, I'm literally about to quote a punchline song that I listened to. So I saw Punchline re, uh, the other night, and I've been listening to one song by them. So I'm just going to use the lyric. Mm-hmm. Corey learns that nothing's ever going to go the way you think that it's going to work out. That's <laughs> so, a punchline lyric. Yeah, that's a long lyric. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's, um, like, it's, I mean, well, lyrics are long, yeah. but like, but, just... but like, yeah, like he's basically learning this lesson that like, hey man, like things aren't going to work out the way you want, like. Your Hamlet, you gotta play Hamlet the way the Hamlet's supposed to be played. You can't turn it into like this action star. You can't be bigger than yourself. You know, like with his dad, it's like sometimes there's a pay cut and like things change. Like you have to deal with things changing. Things don't always work out the way you think it's gonna work out. But he uh, he basically goes and begs for his spot back into Hamlet, and Feeney's just like, hey man, like you quit. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I need, I'm in desperate need of an, an extra to stand in the back and hold a spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, you know, Corey is humbled by it. At first he doesn't want to do it, but he's like, no, the, like, every play, like every player is important in the play. And he agrees to be the spear carrier. And then, you know, he tells his dad, you know, I learned, you know, it's not that important. And, you know, a little secret, like, I don't even care that much about Goofy Golf. And then, uh, you know, the one thing that you can always count on with Boy Meets World is that really ooey-gooey good family feeling in your mm-hmm. stomach when they go outside and they built him a goofy golf course in the backyard and you're just like, oh, that's... That I was mean. the coolest part of the episode. I'm like, <laughs> they built this whole... And then it goes back to this, though. If they got the pay cut, <laughs> how did they... I mean, like, obviously you can get the materials and build it yourself, 
But a lot of that crap, they didn't build it. <laughs> like, like, they bought it. Adam bought this. So, like, that brings us back to this focal point where I think it's bull crap. <laughs> like, I don't know what 5% was. Like, hey, man, 5%, you uh, lost 25 cents a quarter. <laughs> well, that's a tough break there, Bob. <laughs> also, the thing that pissed me off the most, about, well, not the most, but another thing that pissed me off about this episode, overall, I just, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I wasn't getting that. that just yet. Uh, it's just, no one got that. I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I hate to break it. Spoiler. Um, the thing is, like Corey, at one point in time, is like, yeah, Dad. You know, we. It's, uh, why don't you just have your boss and do this? I did the same thing and quit. And then his dad is up in the middle of the night, thinking about man. My 12 year old son has a really good point. I should really talk to my boss. Like. You're an adult. You didn't think of that consciously on your own. Like, I got a pay cut. Okay. <laughs> but then the next day, my son told me to talk to you. <laughs> like, that's uh, just such butt. I don't understand that. There's so many things in the episode. I'm like, also, I had no idea that Dane was short for Danish. <laughs> oh. Yeah. As in the beginning, it's like, oh, Minkus. Yeah. Also, I love Minkus in this episode. Minkus is great. <laughs> Minkus is gone the after Southern this season. <laughs> That's such butt. Like, really? Yeah. After this, I didn't even know that. Yeah, this so is, much. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's got uh, two more. He's got two more episodes. Playing for spoilers, but he's, I'm not a huge Boy Meets World fan. Yeah, as an adult, he, but. he disappears. Uh, he disappears after this season, and then oh, he comes back on a uh, Rob Dyrdek show yeah, years later. Yeah, well, he <laughs> pops up. He so uh, spoiler for like in three or four seasons when I keep doing this show. But he shows up in the oh. last episode of season four when they graduate. And he just pops up and they're like, Mingus, where have you been? And he's like, and like, you know how they have the exact same setup for the lockers for mm. every single scene? He goes, I t- started taking classes down that hallway. And they're like, oh, we don't go down that hallway. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good way to go. Yeah, um, and there's a like an extra joke where they like wave to like a bunch of other characters that have been missing from the show. Mm. They're like, oh, there's so-and-so. Like, That's fun. Um, and then he's a... Pretty predominant character in Girl Meets World, which I, I finally got around to watching. His son oh, yeah. is in Corey's class. So, okay. um, Girl Meets World, surprisingly good show. I don't think I'll do a, a podcast on it, but it's a good show. Um, someone, maybe, is yeah. doing a podcast on I'm it. I'm sure there was, I've had someone on the show who did do a podcast oh, right. on it. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much the episode. So, the second half of this, obviously we know a little bit about this, but... Like, what is your history with Boy Meets World or TGIF in general? Do you have any memories as a kid or, like, favorite moments in Boy Meets World from when you were growing up? Or was it really a show that never connected with you? I mean, at the time, I had no – I mean, I wouldn't say, like, an emotional tire connection to Boy Meets World. I just watched it because, one, it was the thing to do. Yeah. And my family, it didn't matter what was on, we watched Disney. And yeah. that was the reruns, Boy Meets World and all that stuff. So, I don't even, for TGIF, I think it was just, like, family matters for me. It wasn't even okay. Boy Meets World or, like – you think. were just all it was because Family Matters is my is my drawing piece. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> Family Matters, uh Full House was on there, step by Full step, hanging own. with Mr. Cooper. Nah, I never hung with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> 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 Too creepy. <laughs> I never. My mom's like, you stay away from Mr. Cooper. I'm like, Mom, he's on the TV. He looks so harmless. As an adult, there's a reason why they, I am Yeah, Mr. they had a they had a Muppet show on there for a brief while. Muppet show was my, the, my the Muppet John. Tonight. Yeah. Um, and then there was Teen Angel, You Wish. There was a was, was Saved by the Bell on TGIF, or was no. that something completely different than that? That was something different. I mean, they, I would love to talk about Zach Morris's trash. That's another that's another episode for another time. Um, but yeah, Boy Meets World. I mean, if when it was on, we watched it as a family. That was cool. It was like, oh yeah, my mom loved it, and my sister loved it more than yeah. me. But it was still, it wasn't that it wasn't funny, or it didn't kind of be in that way. It was still funny. It was entertaining. 
there's a cool spot at the Vader's. Like when the Vader was on there, I'm like, oh, sick! I can connect with this. Yeah. I'm a dude. And I, I love, love <laughs> I love the episode. I think it's in the third season when Vader has a big match against Jake the Snake Roberts, and also, he, and he brings them ringside so they can give him advice because he doesn't know Jake the Snake's moves as well as Corey and Sean. So they're just like, he's gonna try to get you into a DDT. <laughs> he's like, That's not how wrestling works. But like, <laughs> why not in Boy Meets World? It works this way. I also just like the idea that like Vader would have to be scared of Jake the Snake Roberts. Ever. (laughs) Like, in the whole iteration that either of these dudes were, like, even Jay the Snake, when he was kind of in shape back then, and Vader, Vader was always big. Yeah. He was always a mastodon of a dude, and like, oh, you have a snake in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, God, Corey, what do I do? (laughs) Again, an adult, like, this this Boy Meets World universe, these kids dictate how these adults think and react. (laughs) Like, oh, Corey, what do I do? I can't beat Jay the Snake Roberts. You're going to hear the DDT. Oh, that's a move. (laughs) (laughs) It's not uh, such a butt. (laughs) I love that that's your go-to word. That's going to be what people take away from this episode. Well, I try my best not to curse because I got God children. Not real children, but like I'm trying my hardest not to... I don't want to be the reason why they do this stuff. <laughs> I'll let their parents do that. But I don't want to be like, well, you know what? They learned it from you. Like, no, I, can't. I say butt. <laughs> I like button cheeks. <laughs> All right, Juan. Well, is there anything that you need to promote that you've got uh, in the works? This is it? Yeah, we keep it short and sweet on this first season. Okay. Second I season. No I mean, it's a podcast lasting 12 hours. Yeah, yeah no. Second I season is where there's actual things to talk about. There's not a whole lot of substance in well, the first if, season. Even though I'm not a big uh, Boy Meets World fan as an adult, I'd be more than happy to Hulu down yeah. <laughs> and watch an episode in the near future. This is fun. Um, for plug-in wise, uh, currently all I'm doing right now is I play bass for a band in some, named Sunblind. We actually have a show. So oh, whenever, I didn't know you were in Sunblind. Yeah. Lucas? Yeah, Luke Eccles. Yeah, I love it's Luke. It's Mr. Cankles. Yeah. <laughs> I said that wrong once and I was drunk never again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just started with them, uh, I think, this past month. And, well, this podcast will be coming out way after the fact. It's uh, Today is 420, yeah. so it's lit fans. Luke's, Luke's a great uh, dude. Well, it looks great. Um, that whole band is awesome. Eli's awesome. Dylan's awesome. Like, they're all just great dudes, so I'm happy to be a part of that project. Um because uh, their previous bassist had to leave in the Navy. And actually, yeah. he's friends of a co-worker of ours, Jordan. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, the, the I believe it's sumblindmusic.com yeah, yeah. for the website. I don't know so. much of their... Blue yeah. handles most of that, if not uh, Eli handles most of that. But I just, you know, subbing in for bass for the time being. Um, I know we have shows coming up in June for Emo Nights. They'll be in their uh, local area for Phoenixville and I think Philadelphia whenever they do the Emo, I mean, uh, emo Night at uh, Voltage Lounge. But... Yeah, but sun sunblindmusic.com. Yeah, thank you, man, for plugging my band. No, <laughs> no, no problem. But uh, uh, and yeah. you'll definitely be, I'll bring you back over on season two. Yeah, <laughs> is it, so that's when that's why season two episode was it four or twelve? That's the Vader one. Uh, you already have someone coming for that. So I already have mind. someone booked for that. I, I, I uh, I'll tell you when we stop recording. Okay. <laughs> uh, so just a reminder, guys. Um, there will be an episode next week and the following week, and then there will be a break between May. And September, because uh, <laughs> we're doing these on the days that the episodes were originally released. So thank you for listening to the Playing with Squirrels podcast. Tune in for the last two episodes of season one before we take our season break. So, uh, how's the play going? Well, as you can see, very poorly. You know, when I quit this thing, I didn't think that everyone would be so affected. Neither did I. Okay, Mr. Finney, 
Still not big on the pantyhose idea, but if that's what it takes, you got your hamlet back. Mr. Matthews, no. I already have my hamlet. He may bump into the scenery, he may talk like a hayseed. <laughs> For all I know, tomorrow he may show up in kabuki makeup. <laughs> Nevertheless, he is my hamlet. I do, however, have an opening for a spear carrier. Spear carrier? There's an old theater expression. There are no small parts, only small actors. You know, Mr. Feeney, maybe I wouldn't have bailed on this play if you picked somebody a little cooler. I mean, couldn't we do selected scenes from The Terminator? <laughs> or how about a Steven Seagal soliloquy? You know, Mr. Matthews, you are absolutely right. Shakespeare is dry, tedious, and there's no way for a person your age to be affected by it. <laughs> I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fast in fires, till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burned and purged away. But that I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house, I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood. But this eternal blazon must not be to ears of flesh and blood. List. List. <laughs> oh, list. If thou didst ever thy dear father love. Oh, God. Revenge is foul and most unnatural murder. Murder? Of course, I know Stephen Seagal. 